Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hello everyone, Chad Farah here from the Statutory Insurance Team at McCabe Kerwood. It's good to be with you. As you may know, our team generally deals with two types of statutory insurance. The first is CTP insurance for motorists, and the second is workers' compensation insurance for employers. This is where you say, oh, that's right, the CTP schemes become just like workers' compensation. Well, yes and no. While there are some superficial similarities between the newly enacted Motor Accidents Injuries Act, or MIA, as we like to call it, and the existing workers' comp scheme, there are also some fundamental differences. For the purposes of this podcast, I'm actually going to highlight the top 10 differences in my personal opinion between the two schemes. You and I will also play a game and tally up some points in the aim of determining which of the two schemes is more beneficial for the injured person. Of course, I'm going to assume that the listener has a basic understanding of both schemes. Let us begin. Difference number one. Statutory benefits are now recoverable by injured persons under both schemes, even if they were at fault for their respective accidents. Examples include a driver veering off the road and colliding with a tree after falling asleep, or similarly, a carpenter not paying attention and sawing off their fingers at work. However, those statutory benefits under Maya will cease after 26 weeks, in other words, six months, if the person was more than 61% at fault for the accident, or if the person only sustained, quote, minor injuries. We will come back to that definition later, of course. Under the workers' comp scheme, on the other hand, the worker is entitled to a minimum of 130 weeks, in other words, two and a half years, of statutory payments if there is evidence of working capacity as a result of the injury or a need for treatment. That is the case even if they are 100% to blame for the accident and irrespective of the severity of that injury. The conclusion we can reasonably draw here is that the workers' comp scheme seems to show a greater level of empathy with those who accidentally cause harm to themselves. The first point goes to the workers' comp scheme. So, workers' compensation one, Maya zero. Difference number two. For those who are 61% or less at fault for their accident, the statutory benefits under Maya are reduced on account of contributory negligence after the first six months. In contrast, nowhere under the workers' comp scheme does it say that statutory benefits are to be reduced on account of a person's contribution to their own injury. It can therefore be said that while workers are never penalised for hurting themselves at work due to inadvertence, motor vehicle users are always penalised for exactly the same thing, despite everyone being prone to error. That seems a bit unfair. Workers' compensation 2, Maya 0. Difference number 3. Maya creates a class of injuries called, quote, minor injuries, as we previously said. These are generally considered to be soft tissue whiplash injuries or minor psychological conditions. The purpose of this definition is to exclude people with those classes of injuries from recovering statutory benefits after the first six months. On the other hand, the workers' comp scheme does not exclude any injury from being compensable, so long as it was mainly caused by the employment. In fact, the workers' comp scheme now recognises, quote, workers with high needs and, quote, workers with highest needs as those who have more than 20% and 30% WPI, respectively. The purpose of those definitions is to bestow additional statutory benefits on those classes of people on top of their basic entitlements. Workers' compensation gets another point. Workers' comp 3, Maya 0. 
Difference number four. A common law action under Mile entails economic loss, but also non-economic loss. The latter is available if the person is over 10% WPI. A common law action under the workers' comp scheme, known as a work injury damages claim, only entails economic loss, irrespective of the level of impairment. The worker under the workers' comp scheme must instead recover a fixed amount of, quote, lump sum compensation that is proportionate to their level of impairment before being able to make a claim for work injury damages. Many consider lump sum compensation, or what we call Section 66, to be akin to non-economic loss, but it is in fact nowhere near as lucrative in value as non-economic loss under Meyer. The conclusion we can draw here is that the workers' comp scheme simply does not cater for a person's pain and suffering to an adequate level. And so, Meyer gets his first point. The score is now workers' compensation 3, Meyer 1. Difference number 5. An employer can cause their employee a recognised psychiatric injury and admit to it without the worker having an entitlement to compensation. This is actually known as the Section 11A defence and activates if the whole or predominant cause of the injury was the reasonable actions of the employer under certain circumstances, like, for example, performance appraisal or discipline. In contrast, all recognised primary psychiatric injuries are compensable with statutory benefits under Maya for at least six months. Of course, unless the person was mostly at fault for the accident and subject to a reduction for contributory negligence after the first six months. Maya has also adopted Part 3 of the Civil Liability Act, which deals with mental harm more comprehensively than the Workers' Compensation Scheme. Workers' Compensation 3, Maya 2. Difference number 6. All claimants under Maya can make a claim for common law damages after 20 months from the date of the MVA or before that time if WPI is greater than 10%, unless they have suffered minor injuries. While there is no minimum waiting period for common law claims under the workers' comp scheme, no claim can be made unless the worker reaches 15% WPI. The workers' comp scheme is therefore more restrictive in terms of common law entitlements, because the percentage of impairment threshold is a prerequisite to any damages. Maya's catching up. Workers' comp 3, Maya 3. Difference number 7. Insurers under Maya are required to pay the claimant regulated costs for the majority of DRS disputes in the statutory benefits arena. On the other hand, the costs of the worker under the workers' comp scheme are funded separately by WIRO. This is upon application being made in various stages of the claim, and claims of that merit will generally not be funded. This tends to filter out frivolous claims and reduces the wastage of time in the relevant tribunal, being the Workers' Compensation Commission. Maya has unfortunately not adopted a similar system. Workers' Comp is therefore back in the lead. The score is now Workers' Compensation 4, Maya 3. Difference number 8. Maya still requires the use of AMA 4 in determining the level of impairment. These are the American Medical Association Guide's 4th edition, which were published in 1993. That was 26 years ago, and a lot has happened in medicine since then. The Workers' Comp scheme uses the slightly more updated AMA-5, which were published in the year 2000. The preface of the AMA-5, a copy of which is always near my desk, actually states that it includes updated diagnostic criteria, clarification as to key definitions, better readability, and overall consistency. So, if Maya is relying on outdated guidelines for the assessment of impairment, then that can only create room for unfairness, and the point must ultimately go to the workers' comp scheme. Workers' Compensation 5, Maya 3. Difference number 9. In a situation where the CTP insurer under Maya pays common law damages, 
the workers' comp insurer is entitled under the well-known Section 151Z to recover its statutory payments from those damages. The difficulty, of course, is that the workers' comp insurer would usually have paid for treatment and wage loss, whereas the common law damages under Maya do not include treatment expenses. In other words, the injured person would be repaying the workers' compensation insurer monies received in respect of treatment from their entitlements to economic loss and potentially non-economic loss. Section 151Z then only exists to dilute a person's entitlements to damages under Maya. The workers' compensation insurer would also be unable to recover from the statutory benefits received by the worker in respect of treatment because these are not considered, quote, damages for the purposes of Section 151Z. Now, I will not give the point to Maya per se, but I will deduct a point from the workers' comp scheme for the above reasons. The score, in my opinion, is now workers' compensation 4 and Maya 3. Difference number 10, the last difference. Maya not only allows the referral to a medical assessor in relation to the degree of WPI, but also as to the degree of impairment to the person's earning capacity. In other words, if the parties agree that there is a work incapacity, but are in dispute as to the extent of it, that issue can be decided by a medical assessor. Whilst not binding, the evidence of the assessor would be very persuasive on the issue of economic loss and a claim for damages under Maya. In contrast, and despite work injury damages being all about economic loss, the workers' comp scheme does not allow a referral to an independent medical assessor over the issue of work capacity. The parties are left to gather their own evidence in that regard, with the court having to decide the issue without impartial medical input. While opinions may differ, I personally prefer the approach now adopted by Maya, and so the point goes to it. The final score is therefore Workers' Comp 4, Maya 4. Well, there you have it, folks. Clearly two very different schemes, each with their own pros and cons. Can you think of anything else that I've missed? Please contact us and let us know, as we would love to hear from you. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at mccabecurwood.com.au or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.